podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to episode 159 of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got my co-host with me, Mon Scotto. Scott, what is the good word? And before you even tell us what the good word is, please tell us how many days it's been since you've played golf. Oh, wow. What is it? It's got to be... It was 108 the other day. So right, we're probably looking at like 115, 116 right now. All right. Is there any chance at all that you get a round in or even nine holes or or three holes in before the end of the year uh, i would say probably not um but as i've mentioned this before one of the things i really do like to do is upon the first snowfall i drag my like range mat out um after i, I shovel the driveway and i'll hit balls into the backyard and then i set up a little easter egg hunt for myself for when uh, everything melts so I, I got to think we we're at the point of desperation where we we're, we're going to need to count that. I, I think that may count as golf. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? There's a possibility that I'll get some indoor in between now and then. Okay. Okay. And definitely, uh, definitely possible. So, so, you know, it's for the new listeners, cause we're getting new listeners all the time. I mean, you're in the Westchester ish area of New York. Is there a particular place that you like to go to indoors? Uh, so I'll throw a, a shout out to, to DC sports, um, which is actually up in Dutchess County. Um, they have, uh, like four or five simulators. Uh, that's the, the site of the miniature golf, um, the haunted mini golf that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. Uh, played yep. during Halloween. Yeah. That's a, it's a nice facility. Um, he's the guy who owns it has two, two, um, facilities one has the mini golf course one's just indoor simulators and stuff like that so now what's a place like that get you for they do it by the hour right because i know like around here if i go over to uh infinity like if i cross the border mm-hmm. and go over to new jersey infinity's like i don't know i think they gave it to us for like 40 so anywhere between like 40 and 60 an hour i believe uh i think this is less than that i don't remember the last time i was there was a long time ago okay. i kind of know the owner though so um yeah it, and my next door neighbor works there too so i'm not a hundred percent sure what the they actually charge but well the last time i was at infinity was with you know you yep. and, and tyler i mean that so we were on on the uh you know i don't i don't mind saying it we were, we were on the the podcast bump you know so <laughs> so uh we didn't have up. to reach into our pockets that was that the pre-covid uh podcast you know annual gathering we'll call it yeah yeah that is uh that is so with, true with so the true. creator and and dan dan the man from train on main yeah so i actually got out i got out scott with, with uh with drew my youngest last I, weekend we played I, nine i saw yeah um you know at the goat track which everyone knows at indian mountain and and i'll tell you like i i hate that course during the summer right because mm. It's not maintained. Uh, everything burns out. There's, there's, not that it's busy, but there's too many people because it's only nine holes. But it is 
I've got such a love-hate relationship because it's such a gem in the winter. You throw 10 bucks in the honor box. And you just you walk out. You do whatever you want. You, you play golf however you see fit. I mean, there were three people out there, us two and one other person. Here's the thing. Like, that course in and of itself, like, if they, like, put some money into just taking care of it, like, the layout itself isn't terrible. Right. And ev- look, everybody out there listening does the same thing with like their local muni, you know, mm-hmm. hey, if we had 100,000 or if you won the lotto, like what would you do? I know it'll never get done there. And that's one of the big problems, you know, but right. I-, I think the longer that I play it, the the more times I've been around. And honestly, at this point, I can't even begin to count how many times I've been around that place. But I, I think I just appreciate it for what it is, not for what it's not. Right, right, right. What's the there's two par threes on it. There's the one that's kind of the downhill, typical Pocono Mountain par three. And yeah, what's the what's the second one? Is that the one that's also a par four? No. Yes, yes, you're okay. correct. Yep. Okay. It's, it's yep. hole number five. So for the layout for people that have never seen it, it's a typical open field or parkland layout for the first four holes. Out back, out back. You climb up a hill. Or the fifth hole, which is a slight, slight downhill par three, maybe 10 feet of elevation change. Mm-hmm. But hole number eight is where yeah. you go back because now you're up on the on the mountaintop, the plateau of the property, and you you hit back down. And now you're dropping off. I, I mean, what, 80 feet, 100 feet? Yep. Yep. Right? So it's it's a I mean, it's not as as big of a drop as some other courses out there, but it's still it's still down there. Yeah. And if anybody's played golf in Northeast PA, specifically in the Poconos, every single course out here has one of these downhill par threes that drop off, you know, the face of the earth, 80 to 120 feet of just elevation change where, you know, the hole could be playing 210 on the scorecard, Mm -hmm. but you're hitting your 140 yard shot. Yeah, I would say invariably almost every course in that area has got a hole like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly can't think of a course right now off the top of my head that doesn't. Right. I'm sure there's one out there, but but uh, I can't think about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Even even Jack Frost, which is which is where, you know, we're going to be playing all of our golf next year. They have a manufactured version of one. <laughs> they kind of, you know, they dynamited it out to make this uh, unbelievable downhill par three with a, you know, bridge and a waterway and this big fountain behind it and stuff. But it, it's one of those things. It's like, Hey, if you're within the Pocono region, you gotta have this. People yep. need to see it, you know? Yeah. Well, that, I guess that's the, you know, that's the style. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so let me ask you this before we kind of, cause it's a shorter episode. There's nothing going on. Uh, the, the, the shark shootout QBE is going on this weekend. Let's be honest. No one cares about that whatsoever. Um, the big news, which we'll get to is obviously the PNC, the father, son tiger as committee is going to be playing with, you know, little Chucky woods. Uh, but before we get to that, Scott, this winter, do you have any do you have any plans to to work on anything specific in your game like like what does your winter hibernation golf look like? Well, we uh my goal kind of for the winter break is to get our our basement kind of cleaned out um so I can unroll the old putting green and uh get the putting game in shape. Okay, the old birdie ball. 
the old birdie ball. And in all honesty, if that's, I don't know, not a hundred percent sure what kind of shape that's in. I, I, it's been in the bag for a while. Um, but if it doesn't unroll out and still in like decent shape, like that's something I would pick up another one to be honest with you, but I want to create some space for that and just spend a, I'd say a good minimum of a half hour down there. Um, just kind of putting away. Um, I also, I, I, I put on some COVID weight and, you know, we have a, a bike here, uh, kind of the, the next room from where I'm sitting right now. And I want to get on that um, pretty regularly also. So just get okay. get myself in shape, get the putting game in shape. Um, again, the, the one time I did play 100 and whatever days ago, um, I, I hit the ball pretty well. And the the one sort of thing that, that took a while to come back was putting. Uh, so let's uh, let's get working on that, at least get a good feel for it, and then go from there. Yeah, it's funny you say that because you know I've played a lot more. Uh, honestly, I played a lot more golf the last half, hell, the last quarter of 2021 than I did all year. I actually just did the numbers. You know, I I don't think I'm getting out again before the end of the year. I may again. It's going to be to the to the goat track. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of right now, my final tallies for this year were 290 holes played which which equates to 16 18 hole rounds Mm. so that's not a ton but you know understand that my golf you know especially like during the coaching season for three months i'm playing you know uh, two holes here three holes there a hole here right you know playing half holes and i'm 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 waiting for groups on the green to come through and and doing chipping lessons with them and stuff so the -hmm. club's always in the hand i'm just I honestly don't have the time nowadays to to dedicate to 18 holes because 18 holes is not just the three and well it's not you know right. the four and a half five and a half hours of playing it's you know it's if I'm playing with you it, it's that's an all day thing you know what right. I mean if, right. I go to a local course it's still six hours or so or for bringing the boys you know well I've here's the other thing like I, and you mentioned the 18 and I I um I, I've had like i've had time to play but it's always like you know my, my wife will be like you know 10 30 like hey we're not really doing anything like till later like why don't you go play golf and i'm like you know like i, I could go play but anywhere i play now like if they have a tea time like i'm gonna get grouped up with people i don't really feel like doing that like it's just not worth it and I think so, the other thing is too, you know, a conundrum that I think you face and I face and most golfers is it's not really a spur of the moment sport. You know, it's like there's not too many places where you can just roll up, unpack your bag, yep. go to the pro shop and be on the first tee within 15 minutes. Like it just especially with the pandemic, it just doesn't happen like that anymore. Right. Unless you ha- unless you are a member at like a private club that doesn't get a ton of play. Yeah, or, or does mandate you, times? Yeah, or you have like a Indian mountain around you. Um, yeah, exactly. What was that other like nine hole course that we used to play when we when we were in college? That was right, right by um, East Strasburg. It was it was called Terra Greens. Yeah, that that place was fun. It was a great track. So listen to the story on this place. It was a great mm. track. This was a nine-hole privately owned course by people that had 
you know, they had it in the family for years. Well, the township bought over the extra land. They had nine holes, but they had enough to build a team, but they never did because it was family-owned. They didn't have the money. They ran it. They kept it in great shape. It was always awesome. They were great to the high school kids, great to the you know younger golfers, the college people, all that. The township bought it because the district that I work in built a new school on the other half of the property. Mm. So now the township owns it. They got, you know, the the people, obviously the family that sold it, they're out, but they retained the guy that originally owned it to be the greenskeeper. Mm. So for years he worked, he was a retired guy, but he worked as a labor of love doing it. And then two years ago, they spur of the moment just axed him and he was gone. And the place has gone downhill to the point, Scott, where now I've, I've buddies that play out mm. there and they send me pictures. And, and I mean, a place that was once lush and look, we're not talking multiple cuts. We're talking one fairway cut and one cut on the green. That is it. Right. You know, right. everything's the same. There's no rough, you know, it's just, we cut everything one height and then we cut the green one height. This place, when when they got rid of the old super, the old owner, whoever came in, the township scalped almost every single green, over-fertilized, burnt it. It became almost unplayable. Here's what they did that the entire area turned against that course, and it's almost going bank- bankrupt now. But since it's a government entity, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, right. it's, yeah. they kind of forecast it to lose money. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a service for the people. Right. So the first tee box and fairway is all you can see from the road or from the pro shop. You can't mm-hmm. even see the first green cause it sits down a little bit over a hill. They maintain that first hole with the facade of it looking great. We're charging people full price knowing that the rest of the course was completely dead. I see now that that's a shame shady it's shady definitely and it's a shame because that's another course where you know if they kept it in a halfway decent shape like that's another place you could pop in probably play a quick nine and and get your day going without you know too much stress but exactly again you know once you once the government takes over they're gonna screw it up and there you go yeah, and you know in the golf world, and especially in a small area like this, it doesn't take a lot for word of mouth to spread. So within a month, you know, from people that I know that that used to work there and stuff, they said their T-sheet went from being full to being basically completely empty. Right. And it's been that way ever since the start of the pandemic. So we're going on, you know— almost two years now of them being in crummy condition and mm-hmm. not making a cent. Well, and that's, you know, again, like if you keep it decent, even if it's not like anything spectacular, people will still go, you For know, you sure, get, you get that. Like I got like a few extra hours on a Wednesday after work, I'm going to s- sneak out and get nine holes in quick, you yeah, know, like not every course needs to be to the standards of Augusta. You need these local munis for people to learn on where they mm-hmm. don't feel pressured. They, they go in and it's like a safe golf space for them. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's, that's where we grew up. So makes exactly. Sense. And, and most people, you know, most people do. I mean, I, I know people that grew up in the country club like, but you know, quite honestly, the majority of the golfers that you meet out there 
are people that took up the game from a driving range or like a local nine or 18 home uni course. Yep. Some, someone's friend snuck them on Kaniac one day without telling them what they were doing. They may have done that. And then they started hopping fences to play free golf. They became so addicted. Mm. Exactly. Let's transition, Scott, to the professional world of golf. Get rid of our amateur status here. Let me ask you a question. So we're going yeah, back to professional. Is the this shark shootout? This is a team event, right? This is a or team event. Or it's kind of a team event. Yeah, it's a team event. Um, oh, you know what I wanted to say first? I averaged. I just want to give myself a shout out for as little golf as I played. I averaged one birdie every nine holes, almost exactly. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, makes me happy. I mean, at least you can say that. That's, you know, two birdies every 18 holes. Yeah. Not, not bad. Not bad all right, at so, all. So uh, QBE shootout, right? We got... Uh, uh, this is gimmicky. Through, yeah. You want to go through some of these tee times and, and, uh, and I'll... The teams, you mean? Yeah, the tee times and the teams. Because, right, there's two teams playing in each... Tea time. There's not a lot, and 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 some of these, Scott. I just want maybe maybe you and I can kind of decipher how these teams got put together. Sure. Because I'm looking at some of these, and they have to be like sponsorship connections. There's no other way. Or the individual is sponsored by somebody that is working with QBE and got them a slot in the field, and we're like, hey, put them with with whoever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, they owe us another round of golf in 2021 to show our logo. Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, uh, 9.45 a.m., Sean O'Hare and Will Zalatoris are playing with Matt Jones and Ryan Palmer. Uh, sure. I mean, aside from, from aside from Zalatoris, that's the most vanilla group out there. And even Zalatoris is kind of vanilla. He is a bit. But yeah. Matt Jones and Ryan Palmer, that's that might be the most boring group in history. Yeah, I mean, they're like the the we're filling out the field. Who can we fill in, guys? There's going to be about two agents, two swing coaches, and a wife each following that group. Uh, Zalatoris might get some fans just based no, on no, who I else mean, is playing. Yeah. No, I mean the match, match group you mean. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah. All right, 10 a.m., 15 minutes later, Corey Connors and Graham McDowell. Yeah, how did that group I get made? No clue. Uh, this this one completely perplexes me. K.H. Lee and Brant Snedeker. That's some kind of sponsorship connection. It has to be. I don't believe K.H. Lee speaks English. You're probably I, right. I believe he only speaks Korean because we've seen him at tournaments, Scott, and I don't think I've ever seen him converse in English. You're probably right. I, I You know what it is then? It's the... Uh, we got to get Cage Lee and Snedeker to like pair up with someone. Who can we pair Cage Lee with? Uh, Snedeker won't complain. Okay, sounds good. Who's next? Yeah, it it this has to be a sponsorship thing. Has to yeah. be. Yeah, it's got absolutely be. has to be. Um. All right, let's go to the next group here. This is going to be our ten fifteen tea time. Max Homa and Kevin Kisner. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, uh, you know, two guys are pretty funny. Uh, I don't know what the connection would be, but I feel like I could see the two of them playing practice rounds together and getting along. Right. 
I mean, that's that's by far. The, I've got three groups that I would go watch if I was on the ground. That's one. Yep, and they they are probably amongst the favorites too, just based sure. on who it is. Uh, Brian Harmon and Hudson Swafford finish out the ten fifteen tee time. Are sure. they both Georgia boys? Are they both Southern boys? Mm, Hudson Sw- Hudson Swafford sounds like he is Hudson yeah. Swafford. <sighs> well, you look that up. The ten thirty tee time is Hudson Chuck- Swafford's from Florida. Oh, well, that's Southern. he went to Georgia though. Okay, yeah, that's so, and Brian so they, did too, right? I think you're correct. Okay, so that makes sense. 10.30 tee time, Chucky Three Sticks and my man Ian Poulter. Uh, again, that that is by far a sponsorship deal right there. Wait, hold on. Really? <laughs> that, 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 doesn't sound, I, that doesn't sound like a group that makes sense. I think they're both MasterCard guys. Ah, okay, well, there you go. Here's another one that doesn't make sense. Kevin Na and Jason Kokrak. Yeah, next. 1045, Jay Day and Mark Leishman. Uh, finally, one, finally something that makes sense. Makes sense, right? And then Sam Burns and Billy Horschel. Did Sam Burns go to Florida? I believe so, so there you go. Yeah. Then we've got a Georgia boy and a Georgia Tech boy. Last tea time of the day, 11 a.m., Harris English and Matt Kuchar. Uh, Georgia connection a little bit. Yep. Uh, and Sam Burns went to LSU, by the way. Sam Burns did? Yeah, he went okay. to LSU, not, okay. not Florida. Oh, and number two would be Chucky Three Sticks and Ian Poulter for me to follow, obviously, because of Poulter. And then the last group, the one I would definitely, my number one overall, is Bubba Watson and Lexi Thompson. Uh yeah, I mean, that's definitely probably the, the most entertaining group amongst them. That's the the bomber of each tour group. Not that Bubba is anymore, but, you mm. know, people still know him as someone that, you know, drives the ball a prodigious length. And then obviously Lexi, you know, a bomber on the LPGA. And Bubba is fun to watch. Yeah. And, and you know, look, Bubba's gotten in a lot of trouble in the past. Right. With just stu- not I don't look, I don't believe Bubba is malicious at all. I, I think Bubba is stupid, honestly, when yeah. it comes to the way he presents himself to the media. But I don't think mm-hmm. he's malicious. But I think this is another one where his sponsors are probably like or his agent like, hey, man, you know what? You got the opportunity to pair up with Lexi. Uh, everybody loves her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tall, good looking bomber on the LPGA tour. Great golfer. Uh, this might be really good for, you know, your look out there, the way people perceive you, your brand. Well, who who's the biggest name in the field? Uh, Bubba and Lexi. I, I would say she is. Yeah. I mean, Max Homer so, too, but, you know, I mean. Uh, you know, outside, outside of the super fans, just people okay. kind of like no golf. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Holmes, Graham McDowney, and Poulter. Those are the you know the 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 big names that people know. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It's Bubba and Lexi. Yeah, yeah. I'd say she's one. Bubba's two. And... I mean, this tournament is legitimately yeah. riding off their names, their coattails. Yeah, exactly. So put the two of them together, pair them with Matt Kuchar and Harris English, and let them have fun for a couple of days. You know, the the shark was actually there giving a little bit of media. Um, Internet, the inter, here's a funny story. The internet went out. They tried using the internet from the hotel, but it wasn't enough bandwidth to have all the reporters on. 
So none of the reporters were able to zoom in, which they normally do at you know the tour events because they are still limiting so much of the media access on site. So he had a real kind of impromptu five minute like walking to the car press conference with on site reporters. Um, nobody really pressed him on the live golf, you know, the Saudi money or anything like that. They just kind of kept it to the vest. They they kept it to the QBE shootout, the old shark shootout. And again, Scott, it's like we we talk about the golf media. We talked about with Tiger, you know, two weeks ago when he when he got not grilled at all. I mean, lobbed these mm-hmm. softball questions like, here's a dude who has this historic battle with the PGA Tour 30 years ago and is now rekindling it, but he's still hosting a PGA Tour event. Right. And no one is asking any questions about that aspect of the story. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> I wonder if anyone actually remembers. I, I mean, they have. There's no. They have to. There's no way. You know what, I, Scott? I feel like it. I feel like this is North Korean, Chinese state-run media, where we're sitting in like a cave somewhere recording this. And we're the only ones that can see the actual truth of the situation. That's definitely possible too, because if there's one thing I know, we're we're not like on the take by the PGA Tour, so it no, it could be that yeah. everyone else is just keeping it quiet. I mean, look, I've uh, here here's one thing that's bugged me, and actually, I've gotten into good discussions with people, not not arguments or anything, but. People that have DM me on Instagram be like, hey, man, do you you see these things like blah, 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 whatever. And all I see nowadays with all these a lot of these other podcasts is as soon as they get to a certain level, it's like they're absorbed by the PGA Tour. They're absorbed by the Golf Channel. And they just again, just just spew out whatever information those big corporate entities want put out there. Um, definitely possible. Like, I don't definitely. think we're doing vigilante guerrilla podcasting, you know, but at times <laughs> like these last two weeks, man, I'm telling you what, like, I really feel like I feel like we're the only voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I mean, first of all, you, you know, you definitely have to keep the tour happy if you're that big. Uh, you also have to keep your sponsors happy. Um, speaking of sponsors, by the way, um, did I happen to mention I'm wearing my Eagles and Arrows polo today? No. What? You have a navy blue one, right? I have a navy blue one. Um, I, uh, I decided on Fridays I dress a little casual for work, um, which that means golf clothes for me. So I have the Eagles and Arrows polo under a nice quarter zip, uh, nice pair of Under Armour golf pants, and uh, super comfortable, made it through my work day, looked great. Um, but by far the standout of, of that, you know, ensemble is the Eagles and Arrows polo. You I know, got I like- lot, lots of compliments on it today. You know, I, I took the quarter zip off because it was a little warm and someone was like, ah, it's a really nice polo. I said, of course it is. It's Eagles and Arrows. One of the things I like about the polo line that Grant has is the fact that it's not garish. Right, it's not aggressive with 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 the logos, and and mm. and believe me, I there there's like I love Jay Lindbergh, okay, and and some of the shirts I have from them are 
outstanding, you know, if you will, with with emblems and uh, and graphics. And there's a time and place for that, you know, if that fits your personality and your mold. But the Eagles and Arrows shirts are are timeless, classic, you know, styles that that anybody for and and any any physique within golf can wear and can make look good. You know, golf mm-hmm. is not a sport where if you look at ten people, they all look the same. You know, like if I if I lined up ten cross country runners, guess what, Scott? They're all gonna have the same similar build. If I line up ten swimmers, they're all gonna kinda have the same similar build. You line up ten golfers, they're all gonna look different. You and I have very different body types. Very different. If we, we if both we look both good. that polo on, we're both gonna be comfortable. Both gonna look great. Damn right. You can, That's the end. You can check well, that out. That's all you need to know. Yep. Yep. And you can check that out at eaglesandarrows.com or on Instagram, eaglesandarrowsco. Um, so moving on from the QBE, you know, that's uh, it, it's a quick end of the season, fun thing, money grab. If I'm a tour player, I'm doing it. If I'm media there, obviously I'm lobbing softball questions because no one seems to care about anything at this point that deals with Saudi money or anything else. Maybe they just don't think it's a big deal. Maybe, Scott, maybe they just think it's one of those things like, you know what, we're not going to get – maybe the tour's like, look, we don't even want you asking these questions on our property during mm-hmm. our TV contract time because we don't want to give them any free publicity. Well, the other thing is, like, you don't want to be the one who asks the question about it and then, you know, gets banned from ever covering it, too, because you never know what is going to happen. Right. So, I Well, look, I will but, tell you this. Anytime that I've been to a tour event under a PGA Tour media pass, and I'm looking at a bunch of them hanging up right now in my locker here, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been on kind of pins and needles, you know, try not to push the boundaries too much because – I look at it as they're giving me free tickets. They're giving me free behind-the-scenes access. And they're doing that so we can share with our listeners and our followers what it's like to be on the grounds and what it's like to be behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. but we are also not making our living off of this. And if I was, and if I was working for you know some type of journalistic pursuit, I mean, I think I would want answers. I would I would say that that's part of your job. Like it, it would be to explore what is going on, what's happening, who's saying what. Um, and again, I'm not saying people aren't doing their job, but I, I kind of want to know what's up. And um, there's no way for me to find out unless someone asks those hard questions and no one seems to be willing to do that for whatever reason, willing or able. I'll I'll, I'll go there. Look at it this way. You and I are both in education. We would be doing a disservice to the students, to the school district, to the taxpayers. Also, not be doing our job if we only taught the smart kids. Yep. Right? And and we left a whole entire population of students with disabilities, students with IEPs out. That's the same thing that these reporters are doing. They are only focusing on one thing, and they're leaving an entire subsection out. Yep. Yep. That's again, I, I'm not saying that that's there, you know, they have an opportunity to, cause they may have been told like you can't ask, but for sure. I would like to hear what was up. So. I think there's some, there's definitely some machinations behind the, behind mm-hmm. the scenes that we don't know about. Yep. 
good chance. All right, so this weekend, honestly, golf is not worth watching. But next weekend, Scott, El Tigre, Eldrick, Taunt, Woods, and his little son, Chucky, are going to be out playing the father-son. A few days ago, Tiger tells us that he can't hit the ball anymore. Uh, He can't hit the ball far. He can't hit wedges well. Uh, He's not sure when he's going to be back in competition. And then a day later, Tiger says, hey, I'll be back in competition. Yeah, and he spent much of the Hero World Challenge like hitting balls on the range, at the back of the range. I guess like, you know, he's trying to you know be secretive. Uh, you know, if you're Tiger Woods, that doesn't really work. Uh, and then on Sunday he threw on the black and red, so you know that really doesn't work. So the the biggest like social media catnip grab out there, mm-hmm. right? I mean. Come on, dude. Are you telling me that you 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 you're leading me to believe that in your regular everyday life you wear black and red on Sundays because you weren't playing in this tournament, right? Uh, part of me does think that maybe he does throw. <laughs> I, I mean, he is a creature of habit, so uh, you know, there's that. The bottom line is, like, if you're gonna do something, you're gonna come back at at an event and not really. And maybe not really be fully ready. This is definitely the one to do it. Perfect event for him. Perfect. You know, he gets gets to play golf with his kid. You know, I, that's priority number one. So does that. It's a home game because it's, you know, in Florida. It's Orlando. So it's a little bit of a drive, but not terrible. Um, and for him, it's probably a helicopter ride. So let's be honest. Um it's it's comfortable he'll you know they'll probably go out there with jt and his dad for at least the first two rounds i would think yep yep so that's that's a comfortable thing and it doesn't matter if he wins you know like plus he's got a partner so rock and roll a a partner which which for all intents and purposes is probably going to carry him well i think that's what charlie said yeah uh, Tiger intimated um, yesterday, Scott, that there was a chance that he might be playing a different set of tees. He said something along the lines that, you know, this is a hit and giggle. This isn't, you know, mm-hmm. it's not real and stuff like that. Um, I can't live at those back tees where JT is. Because JT's going to hit it 320, and I can't anymore. So two questions for you. Do you think the quote-unquote tour, because obviously this is, you know, this is an event that's under the tour umbrella, but mm-hmm. only based on rules and regulations, not like there's any points, FedEx or otherwise, that are given to anyone in this. But do, do you think that Tiger has become so big that maybe they let him tee it up you know, a T forward or, or, or where the seniors play from because he is actively rehabbing. And then number two, my second question is he's talking about being so short, short off the T now, how far do you think he's actually hitting it? Carry off the T. <laughs> so first of all, uh, question number one, uh, here's how I imagine that conversation goes. Tiger calls PGA Tour headquarters and says, hey, I want to play in the PNC. Someone at PGA Tour headquarters goes, that's amazing. I love it. (laughs) He goes, 
But uh, I kind of want to play from a different set of tees. PGA Tour says, well, Tiger, I, I'm not sure that that's a great idea. Like, it's, is it really fair to the other pros? I, I don't know how I feel about that. And then Tiger says, all right, well, maybe we'll skip it until next year. And then the guy at PGA Tour headquarters says, well, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did, you, did, did you hear me say no when I said yes? Uh, I'm confused. <laughs> You're going to show up, right? Which tees you? Which which tees would you like to play from? Oh, would you like to just call it miniature golf and just put the ball on the green? Like, (laughs) as long as you show up, tee off from wherever you feel like it. You can do whatever the hell you want, man. It's cool. If you just want to hit balls on the range again, like that, that works for us. Bring you, bring your kid, bring Mm -hmm. a red polo. We're good. Yep. Yeah, as long as you and Charlie are there and at some point you throw on red and black, like you can pretty much do whatever you want, Tiger. Like it's all good. All right, fair enough. So how so, how far do you think he's actually hitting off the tee? Like 290. You do you think you think that far? I do. I See, I, think, I think for and I think for him that's short. Cuz No, it, yeah, okay, so I get it. Right? But I'm pretty sure during his last like real competitive year he was only averaging like three three oh eight off the tee, and and yeah, so aver- av- like, averaging. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, averaging, and I know I, how that. I'm works. saying he's maxing out at two ninety. Okay, okay, that, uh, he's probably averaging lower than that, but that's that's what I tend yeah. to believe. I I tend to believe with him talking the way he is, I'm thinking like two seventy five, two seventy eight is what yeah. he's averaging. Yeah, that's that's probably the range of where he's hitting an average drive. And so he's probably getting out driven by 30 to 35 yards by JT. Yep. But here's the thing. And here's the thing with Tiger. Like, in the end, like, he's still the best iron player that ever lived. So let's let's maybe put things into perspective. You know, if he's got to hit some five irons, you know, still, I don't know. I still feel like he could be competitive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a dude who you never want to ever count out. I, I, and you know what? Like uh, two weeks ago, like if you would have asked me, like, "Hey, you think Tiger gonna play the Masters?" I would have been like, "Yeah, definitely not. Not gonna happen." Right now, I kind of like I go fifty fifty now. Yeah, I kind of really hate this idiot for always making me backtrack on statements. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because now I'm like, well, maybe he will now. <laughs> Hey, uh, I just got an email in. Uh, I'm just going to read it live. Uh, I, I'm not going to read the person's name, who it came from. But the email says, that's awesome. We can chat tomorrow. Hank Haney is a buddy of ours. You know him? Okay. <laughs> who's, yeah. Who's, who's, yeah. Yeah, I know Hank. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Who's that come? Who'd that come from? <laughs> uh, that came from a um, an agent to a major league baseball player. Major okay. league baseball player's agent. All right. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know him? Question <laughs> mark. Scott, this is the most like this is the most relaxed. All the other emails before this 
were like, mm. Mr. Patisher, you know, yes, uh, we have looked up your pot, blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, yeah, that's awesome. We'll chat tomorrow. Hank Haney's a buddy of ours. You know him? <laughs> I like that they're not name dropping Hank Haney to you, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The guy probably went to Hank Haney and be like, hey, leave the him podcast. You know them? He'd be like, uh, no, I definitely do not. <laughs> do, do they talk about the A-swing? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Hank Haney's fallen so far that Hank Haney needs to be on Leave the Pin podcast as part of his rehabilitation tour. I think Hank Haney's doing just fine without us. Yeah. Well, remember, Hank got into a little bit of a trouble a few years ago. Mm, that's true. That's true. I think he's still doing just fine without us. I'm sure he is, but maybe he'll do better with us, Scott. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? I know. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Shout out Madagascar. <laughs>